Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure. It's kind of, I didn't see nodding. I didn't hear anything back. And so I thought, hmm, they either didn't hear me or they're asleep. I'm not sure which is going on. And it says, the folks online can't hear a thing or respond to me in a way I can know. Uh, and by the way, thank you folks who are here for responding. And thank you folks who are online for participating with us. Uh, Again, we're just, I'm just so happy, uh, thankful to have folks here participating with us. We're in, uh, we're in a series uh, called Holy Love's Healing Power, uh, working our way through Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, the, it's called Ephesians. Uh, I just want to hit um, the high point, the bridge in uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verses 16 to 19 and then the verses we're going to look at today verse, chapter 4 verses 31 and 32 we're going to read those and then we're going to dive into some stuff uh, here, here comes I pray that from his from God's glorious unlimited resources God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Stop. That's the end of the, those verses I'm reading in chapter 3. This is the bedrock. This is the foundation. Experiencing and understanding experience understanding by experience the dimensions and the immensity of God's love for us then Paul begins to talk to us about how we ought to live when we've experienced how God loves for us, how much God loves us then we need to talk about how to live as followers of Jesus I grew up and I've spent a lot of my life jumping straight to chapter four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus loves me. That's something to know. Or the Bible tells me so. All right, what am I supposed to do? What are the rules? <laughs> All of a sudden, as I've gotten a few more gray hairs, I've come to the realization that while rules are wonderful, that is not what following Jesus is all about. <clears throat> Don't be shocked. I did say that out loud. 
in church on a Sunday morning. What is important is that we will experience the love of Christ, though it's too great for us to understand fully, then we'll be made complete in the fullness of life and power that comes from Christ. And then it changes us from the inside out changes our attitudes, and that changes our behaviors. And one of the ways it changes us, Paul says in chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, is that we get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So you want to know why rules are not the, the, not the issue? The list of rules is not the issue because God's the standard. Did you catch it? Forgive one another just as God through Christ forgave you. Not forgive to the best of your ability. Not forgive if you feel like it. Forgive like God does. I'm not going to run the rest of my sermon by jumping straight to the main point. I'm just going to start the introduction now. And I'm, this is it. The whole world is mad. And I don't mean insane. I mean angry. Have you noticed? The whole world is mad. People the world over are angry. You and I are too, probably, to some extent, even if we don't want to admit it. People are angry. Like road rage. We've all experienced it, and some of us may have expressed it some point in time. Uh, there are wars and rumors of wars. We prayed about that earlier. Let's just. Our own the country has been involved in stuff over the last couple of decades. Violent crimes, the blame game, everything that's wrong with the world is somebody else's fault. Depending on your political party, it's those other guys or gals. You just elect us, we'll fix everything. I am not the member of any political party, so I am free to say Oscar Mayer makes a lot of that lunch meat. <laughs> Ain't none of you guys fixing nothing. 
haven't been for who knows how long. It's the blame game. It's, it's not my fault. It's there's the look. Now I'm not talking about mom's look. Okay, moms have a look. You all remember mom's look. Some of you ex exercised mom's look. I have discovered that apparently dad had a look at our house. Papa has pulled it out a couple of times recently. But I'm talking about the 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 look that said uh, where others are going. If looks could kill, I'd be dead. Now this this sounds this sounds humorous, but it is a symptom of the anger that's everywhere. Did my face say that? all that there a lot of us are feeling trapped in bondage and chained up enslaved we're walking around with unforgiveness and bitterness rage just <clears throat> we're bombs just waiting to go off just give me an excuse to blow up some of us have Malice, just that's the a slow burn. Some of us are filled with shame, guilt, just angers everywhere. We we've got all kinds of addictions and behaviors that we've started that we started them to keep us from feeling as bad as we feel. And they ended up enslaving us to something else. Then we started feeling shame and guilt over those things, which makes us mad because we can... the things that we tried to relieve our pain with. So now we're enslaved to something else and we're mad at ourselves and we're mad at, and we're mad at, we're bombarded with thoughts like, what if I had never done that? What if I, what if, what if, what if, if only, if only, if they if only had never said that, if only that had never happened to me, if only I should have, shoulda, coulda, woulda, all night long. This whole time we've been talking about holy love's healing power. This song has been going through my mind. Some of you, uh, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Searching their eyes. Looking for traces of what I'm dreaming of. Hoping to find a friend and a lover. I'll bless the day I discover another heart looking for love. And still, my friends, at the end of the chorus, we're looking for love in all the wrong places because the love we're looking for doesn't come from another person, another person.
person's face. Author Henry Allen says, we have such a need for love that we often expect from our fellow human beings something that only God can give us. And then we end up being angry, resentful, and sometimes even violent because they can't give us what we want to have. The whole world is mad. Could it be that our desire for the love that only God can give us drives the anger that binds us? <clears throat> Jesus told a parable about an unforgiving servant. And the last line of that story and then the line, the, the sentence that he uses to apply the story are so disturbing. The last line of the story, uh, well, let me summarize the story real quick. Uh, servant owes millions of dollars to the king. Threatened to be sold into slavery and, and, and to to try to get back a little bit for the king, him and his whole family. He begs for mercy. The king forgives him. He goes out, immediately finds a guy who owes him a few hundred bucks, throws him in jail, even though he's begging for mercy because the guy doesn't have the money in his, on hand. Friends tell the master. The master says the last line of the story, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured and tormented until he could pay back what he owed. Oh, that's bad. And then this is what Jesus says. This is the application of the whole story. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. What? <clears throat> Seriously? How many of you remember hearing that growing up in Sunday school? If you're an unforgiving little boy or girl, God's going to turn you over to tormentors and torturers until you do. Oh, remember, smile. Because you're a precious little child. Nope, I never heard that. Wait till I grew up and read it myself and I'm going, whoa! I'm just going to let you sit there with wondering what on earth does that mean? Because I'm going to I may answer, and I may not. I don't know. N.T. Um, Wright was a retired bishop and uh, from the United Kingdom and, and a Bible scholar says, one of the extraordinary things about Jesus' ambitions in his public ministry was his aim to form a new kind of family, a family of forgiveness. 
He says, the door that opens as we receive, as we, the door that opens as we receive God's forgiveness enables an openness that swings in the directions of forgiving someone else. If we insist on locking the door to other people who need our forgiveness, then we are in effect slamming the door against God's forgiveness and saying, no, I don't want to be a forgiveness person. No, I don't want to be in the family of forgiveness. Yes, I want to be stuck in here with my tormentors of guilt and shame, bitterness, anger, rage, and malice. I think that's exactly what Jesus meant, by the way. You have two choices. Open the door to God's forgiveness and forgiveness of others or close the door and stay locked up with the torment and the bondage and the torture of not forgiving and not being a forgiveness person. See, that's our problem. When we refuse to become forgiveness people, we cannot receive forgiveness. We shut it out. Which is another way of saying we close the door to receiving the healing power of God's holy love. We turn ourselves over to the tormentors and torturers of bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, rage, malice, shame, and guilt. Now, I, I am not in the least saying that anyone who's listening or anyone anywhere has any reason not to be angry, not to be hurt, not to be upset, not to be filled with rage over things that have happened to you. This week I read from, from uh, one of the Psalms where the, the psalmist said, they hit me while I was down. Now I have, that's happened to so many people in so many different ways. Literally and figuratively, we've been hit when we were down. Whoever they were, they've been family members, may have been someone outside the family, maybe people we should have been able to trust. It may have been somebody they hit me when I was down. <clears throat> I get it. And I understand that. Part of the reason we struggle with this whole idea of forgiveness is we're not quite sure we, I, we don't understand what it is. 
Boom. Doctors John Townsend and Henry Cloud write, when we refuse to forgive someone, we still want something from that person. Even if it's revenge we, that we want, it keeps us tied, connected to that person. Refusing to forgive a family member or someone else, it, but forgiving to re, re, refusing to forgive a family member is one of the main reasons they say people are stuck for years, unable to separate from their dysfunctional families. They go on to say they still want something from their family. It's much better to receive grace from God who has something to give and to forgive those who have nothing with which to repay their debt. This ends the suffering because it ends the wish for repayment that's never coming. Never coming. Recently, I've uh, been introduced through the internet to a Lutheran pastor who I plan to look up in eternity. I, I, I doubt our paths will cross on this side of, but in eternity, I plan to look this lady up. We're going to have a blast. Um... She, she, she wrote a couple of things that I, were just really appropriate for us today as we're talking about this. She said, I really believe that when someone else does us harm, when they hit us when we're down, when someone else does us harm, we're connected to that mistreatment like a chain. Forgiveness is nothing less than an act of evil combating, an evil combating campaign. It's not an act of niceness. It is not being a doormat. What if forgiveness, rather than being like a pansy way of saying, it's okay, is actually a way of wielding bolt cutters and snapping the chain that links us. Like it is saying, what you did was so not okay that I refuse to be connected to it anymore. Forgiveness is about being a freedom fighter. And free people are dangerous people. Free people aren't controlled by the past. Free people are not easily offended. Free people are not chained to resentment. That's, she says, that's worth fighting for. She also says, once I was telling my big sister, uh, just so you know that this isn't an easy thing for preachers to talk about, once she said, I was telling my big sister about how much easier it is for me to preach grace to others than it is to extend it to myself. 
Oh, that's just pride, she said. My Lutheran friend pastor said, I thought maybe not letting myself off the hook was closer to humility. But now I think she's right. On the same, on some level, I think I should be better than everyone else. How arrogant. Because maybe you're not that special. Maybe you're just like everyone else, a mixture of good and bad. And you too have done and said things for which you are not proud and you wish you could take back. And you just need to take out the bolt cutters and cut the chain forgive yourself for your stupid stuff. Psalm 18. These verses come from Psalm 18. The psalmist starts with, this is from the message translation. The psalmist has, has a great description of this world that's mad and how God helped him. The hangless noose was tight at my throat. Devil waters washed, rushed over me. Hell's ropes cinched me tight. Death's traps barred every exit. A hostile world. <clears throat> I called to God. I cry to God to help me. From his palace, he hears me, my call. My cry brings me right into his presence, a private audience. They hit me when I was down, but God stuck by me. He stood me up on a wide open field. I stood there surprised by love. I stood there saved, surprised by love. God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before me. He gave me a fresh start. Now I'm alert to God's ways. I don't take God for granted. Every day I review the ways he works. I try not to miss a thing. I feel put back together. And I'm watching my step. God rewrote the text of my life. Listen to this. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. He experienced the love of God that is beyond our comprehension. I stood there saved, surprised to be loved. <clears throat> Into that situation, the Apostle Paul writes to us, when we've experienced and known the love that God has for us, when we are experiencing it and are Knowing by experience his love, 
He says, you must put away all bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling, and slanderous talk. Indeed, all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. How can we do that? How can we forgive just as God also forgave us? How? When we remember how God lovingly forgives us, we can allow forgiveness. We've opened the doors. We can allow forgiveness to displace our rage, our shame, our guilt, our bitterness, and wash it away. This is the thing. We don't have to forgive to be forgiven. We need to receive the forgiveness so that it washes away the unforgiveness. We have to have to open the doors. Here's a sermon in a sentence. Freely given forgiveness isn't cheap. Forgiveness isn't easy. Folks, it doesn't feel pleasant. This is one of those times I envy my Catholic brothers and sisters. We keep a crucifix on the front wall of their sanctuary. That's what forgiveness looks like. Sometimes that's what forgiveness feels like. Being crucified. No wonder we avoid it. Forgiveness isn't easy. Forgiveness isn't cheap. Forgiveness doesn't feel pleasant. Forgiveness often needs to be done over and over. Just when I thought I had it taken care of, right? Then it came back. But freedom comes with forgiveness. Freedom comes with forgiveness. It's worth the battle. Three principles that I want to share with you about forgiveness. First, forgiveness is a realistic view of the hurt and the hurters, the ones that hurt us. that Lutheran pastor said forgiveness is actually using bolt cutters and snapping the chains that link us to that hurt. It is saying what you did is so not okay, I refuse to be connected to it anymore. It's not making excuses for people. It is not covering it up. It is just saying that was wrong on so many levels. That's it. <laughs> Second principle, forgiveness is releasing the right to get even or to feel like the balance has been paid. 
is turning it over to God. Simple prayer to say, hard prayer to mean. Definitely a prayer that has to be repeated, at least from my experience. It goes like this. God, you deal with this person and this offense as you see fit. Let me say that slowly. Since it, it, it rolls off the tongue real easy. God, you see or you deal with this person and this offense as you see fit. <coughs> No suggestions from me. Amen. Cut the chain. It's his problem now. Nine times out of ten, somebody is thinking to themselves, well, what if he forgives them? He forgave you. He forgives me. Even if you don't forget, turn them over to him, what's going to happen? <clears throat> so principle number one, forgiveness is a realistic view of the hurt and the <coughs> ones that hurt us, the hurters. Principle number two, forgiveness is releasing the right to get even, just handing these people in this situation over to God. Principle number three, Forgiveness requires admitting that forgiving, forgiving is not merely difficult. It's humanly impossible. experience the healing power of God's love and forgiveness, we can allow forgiveness to displace our rage, displace our shame, displace our guilt, displace all of that unforgiveness. <coughs> Break those chains. Forgiveness isn't cheap, but forgiveness forms freedom. takes time. <clears throat> so, for those of us who are following Jesus, I have a question. Who do you need to forgive? Yourself? Oh, you didn't think I'd start there, did you? 
I think some of us are so mad at ourselves for things that we did in the past that it's messed up everything else. <clears throat> Just a guess. Not going to blame God. Just going to say, been around and seen enough people and talked to enough people that Sometimes we're just mad at ourselves and it spills out every time we get wrong. You need to forgive yourself. What? Do you need to forgive somebody that hit you when you were down? Whoever it was. Maybe it was a loved one that somebody hit. That's probably one of the most difficult things, isn't it? What do you need to forgive? God. I just want you to take a moment and listen to the Holy Spirit. Whether you're on site or online, it doesn't matter. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. As I went down that, that list, who do you need to forgive? Do you need to forgive yourself? Do you need to forgive someone who hit you when you were down? Do you need to forgive someone who hit a loved one when they were down? Do you need to forgive God? whatever reason, was your first response to go, oh, no, 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 I don't need to forgive anybody. Everything's good. what chains bind you to the pain and the anger of the past what is it that is hard for you to say or to admit out loud even to yourself because whatever that is 
that's between you and being surprised by his love. Lord, we don't want to be defined by our situations or, or what others say or have said or have done to us. So open our ears to hear your promises to us. Open our eyes to see your provision. Help us to sense, to experience. The power of your love. Empower us to experience the love of Christ, though it is too great for us to fully understand. Holy Spirit, hear the cries of those who are victims of life circumstances and, and the mistreatment of others. They may be right next to us, they may be in the seat that we're occupying. I ask you to release the resources of heaven to strengthen them through these challenges. Open their eyes. And their ears to your voice, your presence. Help them to be defined not by the problems, but by your promises and your provisions. Enable them again to experience the immensity of the love of Jesus. Though it's too great for anybody to be able to comprehend or communicate completely. Help them to be able to stand saved and surprised by love. God, we give you our needs, our fears, our doubts and questions and our despair. We reach, to reach out to you in faith, however small that faith may be. We believe that in every situation, as hard as it may seem to be for us, we believe you hear us. You speak to us. You are opening our, our eyes to your presence. You are filling our hearts with your healing love. You see us. You hear our prayers. You love us. You are with us. And you are making us along with all things. You are making us new.
Thank you for uh, those of you who are online. Thank you for connecting with us. Um, I want to invite you to join the Champions of Hope uh, Facebook group. If you have not done so already, um, give you the opportunity to connect with folks who are also infusing people with the hope of Jesus. On site and online, all of us, you and I, are sent to love our neighbor as Jesus loves us. Now, what does that look like? Well, I think it simply means to pray and work for their blessing. So, here's a blessing that we can pray and that we can work for for you each other and for everybody around us. May God's favor be upon you and your family and your children and their children and their children to a thousand generations. May the Holy Spirit's presence go before you and behind you and beside you and all around you and within you. Jesus is with you. God is for you. We are for you. You are sent to love as Jesus loves you. Go in the power of God's Holy Spirit. He's making the world new. Let's join him.